to episode 45 of the Half Point for Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Riggs, joined, as always, by co-host Dalton Willie and producer Johnny Pham. And it is finally here after months, it feels like, of waiting. We have finally made it to week one, but with another week one has come another year of age for all of us. And I have just learned that the two of you are like about a million years older than me in the soul than you are in real life. Uh, before we started recording, we've got one of you talking about one of you talking about an elliptical to put under your desk to walk while you do work. The other one talking about an under the desk footrest. We've uh, I, I think we've got a couple of 50 year olds co-hosting this podcast with me. Health and wellness knows no age, Evan. <laughs> Too funny. No, I, I enjoyed the little little dance both you guys are doing. I'm probably gonna have to go back and, and clip that. That'll be a that'll be a, that'll that'll be a good gift for for about this time tomorrow. Um, <laughs> that, that that's all that's all I've got to say. But yeah, week one it is finally here, and with week one comes some in season topics for the first time in forever. We've got some waiver wire guys that. I don't know, Dalton, what stipulation you went with. We kind of left it pretty open to where we could do whatever with it. I went with under 40% rostered. And I also you know, have two guys that you're probably scooping up before week one, if possible, to get ahead. And then one guy who you could probably wait for and kind of see what happens in week one. And then we've each got a star of the week and a sit of the week. So we've we've got a fair amount to get to. And again, it's just, it's just so surreal that we've got football in – less than 24 hours like you like you said johnny i'm so incredibly excited i I am unexcited to watch the bucks cowboys game because this game does not seem incredibly fair and i would i I feel like last year's game you got deshaun watson playing against patrick mahomes two of the best young quarterbacks and this really seems like the bucks are going to run up the score and it's going to be a not good football game to watch especially with the injuries to that offensive line for the cowboys Mm mm-hmm yeah, I hope so too. Minus the interceptions that he he threw and the fumbles that Zeke had to help dig them the big holes. But yes, I I agree with you, Johnny. Hopefully, Dak is back and healthy. But we're going into that game pretty blind, as we're going into this entire Week One slate blind. Which is why Week One Week One is probably like one of the most exciting betting weekends, one of the most exciting DraftKings weekends, and then just fantasy weekends in general, because. We're making all of these assumptions based on what we know from last season. But we've also had like this whole off season uh, of talking about our draft ranks and where we'd rank these guys. And I'm just curious, Dalton, how how you approach. I know we didn't make week one rankings. Mm-hmm. I, I have some terrible news to report. I forgot to hit the live button. So Giants still got the recording. We still got the podcast, but we're just now live on YouTube, which is making me clipping that GIF impossible now. It's just... You'll have to use your imagination to see the gone, gone forever. The, no, I, the Johnny and Dalton gifts, unfortunately. I guess you are screen recording, so you might be able to send me the first like ten seconds of. Don't want to do that though. That's the that's the thing. I mean, I've got a gif of just only you that I'm gonna tweet out instead. If it's if it's not both of you, so you can you kind of you can pick your poison there. Yeah, if I'm going down, might as well take Dalton down with me. <laughs> <laughs> well. If you get it to me by tomorrow morning, we can we can make that happen. But tomorrow night, obviously, Bucks and Cowboys to to start the week. And Johnny, I just wanted to ask you to get you a little bit involved in, in our week one show here. We've got Bucks. We've got Bucks minus eight and a half. I hear from reliable sources that you are in fact taking the Bucks at at that spread. Is that correct? 
I am, and I'm just ready. I, I like Bucks eight and a half. I'm just ready for just a complete meltdown because NFL Network's gonna finally have like the spread live <laughs> on the game, and the Cowboys are they're gonna be out of it the entire game. Fourth quarter runs along, and they're gonna kick like a field goal, and then only lose by like seven. Like the Bucks are up ten the whole game, and that that's just the game script for me in the fourth quarter. The Cowboys kick like a 54 yard field goal and just just crush every better that had minus eight and a half eight, eight and a half is definitely a a stressful line because like you said it it's big Heartbreak. enough to where it, it all it takes is a little bit of garbage time to go by the wayside but no no zach martin he's in the the covid protocols i think the cowboys have had more covid problems before this game than they had all of last season that i'm remembering really so unfortunate for them and they're already obviously facing a great pass rush that added another rookie who people are pretty excited about so we shall see there Dalton any any thoughts on, on this matchup tomorrow from a fantasy perspective from a real football perspective before we jump into the to the other stuff I mean if there's ever going to be a time to try to buy low on Zeke this season this defense was the best defense last year at stopping the running back in every aspect of the game. And Zeke's likely not going to have a good game. And most of the Cowboys offense probably won't uh, for that matter. So there is an immediate by low window. If you were in one of those leagues where Zeke kind of fell because no one really wanted that. And there was some stink from last year on him. You might be able to get a desperate owner and get a quick trade out of him. If they think the writing's on the wall and Zeke's career is over. That that's a good point because I'm actually going to say the exact opposite if you have those guys, not the op, like what you're saying is correct. And I'm just saying from the opposite side of that spectrum, don't be the guy who overreacts and panic trades after one week against a tough defense. And uh, when they're missing, they're starting right guard. I believe he's right guard, one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And Dak has also been banged up. So there's, there's just a lot going against the Cowboys in this game. So don't, don't panic and, and trade for, you know, 75 cents on the dollar of where you drafted these guys if things go poorly tomorrow night. I just yeah. I just wish, or I just kind of hope that we kind of see Dak to what we're used to seeing because I, I messaged you guys yesterday. I was like, is Dak playing? Like, is he clear? Like, mm-hmm. what, what, like is he going to play? Like, I had no idea because there wasn't really any word, I guess. So I guess I haven't looked that much, but I just hope we get to see the Dak that we saw at the beginning of the year last year. I hope so too, minus the interceptions that he he threw and the fumbles that Zeke had to help dig them the big holes. But yes, I, I agree with you, Johnny. Hopefully Dak is back and healthy. But we're going into that game pretty blind as we're going into this entire week one slate blind, which is why week one, week one is probably like one of the most exciting betting weekends, one of the most exciting DraftKings weekends, and then just the fantasy weekends in general. Because we're making all of these assumptions based on what we know from last season, but we've also had like this whole off season uh, of talking about our draft ranks and where we'd rank these guys. And I'm just curious, Dalton, how, how you approach, I know we didn't make week one rankings, but how you approach like those lineup decisions and, and those matchups and how you weigh that against where you had guys ranked in, in the draft process. Well, week one, in my opinion, is start your stud city. I mean, you can get fancy and start playing matchups, but we know pretty well the NFL doesn't really flesh out till about four weeks in where you really start to see where the disparities are on what defenses have some weaknesses, what offenses are overutilizing these positions. 
So really it's start your studs. I mean, what it comes down to is you might have a flex consideration and that's really the only position I think you should be really thinking hard on. Like if you have Zeke, don't get fancy and start Tevin Coleman over him because it's a bad right. matchup this week. You need to keep Zeke in your lineup. Uh, but maybe like if it's coming down to a Cooper or not even a Cooper Cup, a Chase Claypool versus maybe a Devonta Smith. Those are some options where then you you might be trying to figure out who's going to be in your flex position. And in those, I'm just going to look at the over. Vegas probably knows best and whatever game has the most points. I'm just going to target those games early on because I don't know enough about what we could be seeing. Yep. No, I, I agree with pretty much all of what you just said. And yeah, it's really, it, it's tough because it, it's just so easy and, and convenient to fall back on what we think we know from last season. And obviously we, we talk about a lot. We, we really don't know any of that stuff heading into this year because the NFL changes so much year over year. I, I think we can, pretty safely say if healthy the Chiefs are going to be awesome the Bucks are going to be awesome and probably the Packers will be very good to awesome but and and probably the Bills but there's going to be teams that disappoint there's going to be teams that surprise and jump into the playoffs who were not in the playoffs last year so I, I I think like you said it is start your studs and there are obviously a few exceptions um but not like a guy you drafted in the top 15, like you're starting that guy. It's more the guy you drafted to be your RB2, your flex, or if you went late on quarterback and you don't like the matchup this week, um, and I'll maybe get to that in my sit of the week, uh, that there may be some better options that have presumably better matchups, at at least we think. But but Dalton, I know you've got two articles that I think are going to be coming out this week. One that I'm going to read after this podcast is over and it'll hopefully be out tomorrow morning. The other one, uh, you said you're writing about games to avoid. So, and this is like more of like from a DraftKings perspective, right? Not like yeah, for not, DFS, not weekly. So just, just give me one game you're avoiding this weekend and, and people who, who want to hear the rest, obviously go read that on halfpointpropod.substack.com. Probably on Friday, I would guess that'll be out. Yeah. So like you said, tomorrow we'll probably release the games I'm targeting. Um, But the big game that I looked at and I just can't get behind, which I think a lot of people are behind, is the Saints versus the Packers. It has the second highest implied point total for the week at 50 and a half. And I just don't get it. I mean, this game's two points under the Chiefs game. And I mean, (laughs) Jameis Winston is going up against a very good defense with his number one receiving option, Marquez Callaway, going against the first or second best corner in the NFL. And that wide receiver room just does not have the opportunity to create. On the other side of the ball, Aaron Rodgers is behind probably the worst offensive line he's had in two to three years. David Bakhtiari tore his ACL in week 17 last year. He's not Mm -hmm. there. Corey Lindsley, the best starting center in the NFL last year, is not there. And on the other side is Marcus Davenport. uh, And you just have a Saints rush that's going to be incredibly good. I mean, Zadarius Smith is one of the best coverage linebackers is going to be getting Alvin Kamara. This game is really going to be a trench game. I think the Saints are really going to fight hard for ball control and drag it out and look for long drives. And on the other hand, I think that we're going to see some problems with the Packers with some very, very short uh, skill positions on both sides. It could just turn into a knockdown drag out fight that's not as pretty. Or uh, Jameis Winston just doesn't show up to play and you don't get that implied point total. I was going to say, the the Saints are one of the teams. I, I think the Saints, the Dolphins, and then who was the third? I had a third in my head. Oh, the Bengals. Those three teams where it's like, I like we don't know about any of these teams, but I really don't know about Like, I wouldn't be surprised on either extreme 
with, with, with those teams. So yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from there for sure. And then on the other end of the spectrum, and we actually talked about this last year, I went back and looked any under the radar shootouts that, that were kind of targeting or, or maybe, maybe looking at uh, for DraftKings. And last year we went with Panthers Raiders, the final of that game, 34 30. So I'd say pretty good. I don't think that was one of the like top, you know, three or four over-unders of that week by any means. Dalton, I'll go ahead and start us off with this one since this one was was my category. I'm going with the Eagles and Falcons. That over-under is at 48 and a half, which is like pretty middle of the road, I, I'd say, for this week. Maybe like top, top third, but not it's not one of the it's not up there with like the Chiefs or even the Saints game that that you mentioned. This is a bet on number one. Neither defense is going to be exceptional and more than that, probably not very good. Um, but again, don't know, but that that's just what I'm kind of banking on here. And then even if the defense is better with the Falcons, I think it's going to take them some time to actually get there because they've got, we talked about it, every safety that was on the roster last year is gone. Even if there are upgrades, I think it might take some time to to build the chemistry and, and the secondary there. And that's obviously very important in the back line of the defense. So with the Falcons, there's not really anyone. I'm not looking at any of like the cheap guys for the Falcons just because I I just don't think any of them are really worth it, even in DraftKings, even in what I think could be a high-scoring game. But I might feel more favorably toward just their main guys, Ridley, Pitts, and then Matt Ryan and Mike Davis this week. And then with the Eagles, I'm more willing to start Jalen Hurts and even Zach Ertz too than I think I would be a lot a lot of other weeks and obviously play them in DraftKings too. And then you've got Dallas Goddard here starting, Miles Sanders here starting. And then, you know, maybe you can take a shot on Devontae Smith this week because theoretically this could be the cheapest he he is all season. Yeah, and that's actually one of the games I highlight in my article that I think is a really good opportunity to be the shootout of the week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's exciting. And like you said, with the Falcons, I'm not getting weird with Russell Gage or like Olamidia <laughs> Zacharias. Those guys right. do not interest me. But like Zach Ertz is priced on DraftKings like he was going to be traded. He's thirty three hundred dollars while mm-hmm. Goddard's forty eight hundred. Credible value. Devonta Smith is forty five hundred, cheaper than guys like Mecole. Um, So I really like that game. My game of the week. I'm actually going back to the well, and it's hit the Panthers again. So I, the revenge, I thought about it, and that over under is very low. It's like forty four and a half. And I think part of this is just the stink of Adam Gase. I mean, the Jets were last in the league last year. They were thirty second in points per game, and the Panthers were twenty fourth. The Panthers, though, played the hardest passing defense schedule in the league. And that, I mean, the Jets, can you name me three players on their team, on their defense this year? I, I mean, it's very no, hard. because the guys, the guys that I could name, I think, keep getting hurt. They, they, exactly. they've actually had a couple guys get hurt already that are done for the year. Yeah, they have two defensive linemen who are out for the season. And then they have uh, Bless Austin, their most tenured starting cornerback, who only started 10 games last year, is out. I mean, the Panthers and the the Jets have really good offensive weapons and really bad defensive weapons and two coaches who are very offensive minded. And so I have a very good bet that this game is going to go for the over. And both Sam Darnold and Zach Wilson are just the dirt cheap. They're $5,000. Yeah. They're near the minimum. Corey Davis is 4900 on DraftKings. Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson are cheap. And then CMC is absurdly priced as the most expensive back on the roster, but he could very well go for 45 points. This week. I mean, <laughs> the, the Jets have nothing to stop the guy. Yeah, and and PPR especially, which is what DraftKings uh, is, obviously, yes, he he could definitely have just 
just the monster week. I like that call. That was that was definitely one of the three I was looking at. Glad that we went different directions there. But as for three guys to watch on, on waivers this week, or just to straight up add on waivers this week, my first guy, I think he's probably on your list. Um, I, there were like two guys who were pretty obvious to me. One of them I left off. One of them I put right here, and that's Tony Jones. Um, obviously Latavius Murray cut earlier this week. I think Tony Jones is like clearly the number two back there. And you've got Alvin Kamara who for as great as, as he is, he's not the, the workhorse back. Some of those other top backs are in fantasy football. He is just uber efficient. He never hit 80% of snaps last season. He pretty much is good for 200 carries, 80 plus receptions. Every year, Latavius Murray has actually had exactly, I don't know what it is with the Saints and guys having like exactly the same numbers back-to-back years. Latavius Murray had 146 carries in back-to-back years in New Orleans. Not to say that, oh, Tony Jones for sure getting 146 carries. What I do think, though, is he is probably going to have at least a role. I think he's going to have a role, and he obviously has the upside, too, if anything would happen to Kamara. He is the the starting back and probably like a top 24 top 20 type of guy. So I think he's someone you have to add before week one to get him. He's going to, he's going to be too pricey if he does literally anything this week. And again, you get a guy who's in the flex conversation by week fill in conversation, kind of where Latavius Murray was and perhaps upside for more than that. If anything happens to Kamara. Yeah, and he was obviously one of mine too. Mm-hmm. Um, him being under forty percent rostered right now is kind of insane. Twenty five percent on CBS where I where I looked. Yeah, well, I looked. He was at thirty nine. So I think it's catching on with Latavius news today. But I mean, I I heard this term on a podcast. I don't remember it, so I can't give credit. But it's flex or it's handcuff with benefits. And that's what Tony <laughs> Jones is, and that's what Gus Edwards was before the J.K. Dobbins injury. Is these guys. <laughs> are handcuffs for sure, but they, I mean, AJ Dillon's another player. You can start them and feel kind of comfortable at the position. And if Alvin Kamara goes down, I mean, it's, there's no running back who can overtake the workload that Kamara gets and the way he uses it. But there's also nobody left on waivers with the injuries of running back right now who will come into that room and directly challenge Jones. If you were watching the news, you know, two weeks ago, Underhill for the Saints was already reporting that Peyton loved this guy and he was out competing both Murray and Freeman. He's out competing NFL vets. And last year, Freeman had his best career year in yards per carry and yards per route run. So, I mean, this guy's no slouch. He looks great on the field and he's definitely a guy you could probably flex out most weeks with the depleted receiving options and just weapons the Saints have. Mm-hmm. And again, I think the most important thing to note with, with Jones is that if you don't get him this week, you're probably going to be paying a lot of your fab budget to get him next week. It, if he even has five carries for 30 yards and like two receptions, that that's all it's going to take for it, for people to be like, okay, this guy's role is going to keep getting bigger because we see the se- the second back there have value every year. And I, I just think you want to maybe get ahead of the game a little bit on this one. Yeah. I mean, if you already have waivers rolling, I, I, w- I would grab him immediately. And if not, I mean, you get through week one and he's still on waivers. I think this is like a 30, 40% fab play. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is like James Robinson last year upside if anything happens to Kamara. I don't know if I'm quite there, but it's not impossible. It's not like out of, out of the realm of possibility for sure. So that was both of our, I would say, probably number one ad. That, that's the number one ad this week. Dalton, who is the second guy on your waiver list here? 
so my next two, just so we're aware, I, got, I went under 5% for my next two, kind of okay. trying to get ahead of the curve so you can identify performances you want to watch. Uh, my first one is Quez Watkins for the Eagles, who has worked his way into the wide receiver two conversation, kind of passing up Jalen Rieger. Travis mm-hmm. Fulgham was cut, obviously, uh, this offseason. And it just seems like Nick Sirianni and that coaching staff is really uninspired by what we have seen in that Eagles team. And I am betting on Quez Watkins. He looked really great in the preseason. Obviously, he had that 80-yard screen pass he took to the house. Uh, But this is an offense where defensively, there is nobody there to support them, and they're going to be playing out of a hole. And they have a quarterback right now who probably still has questionable decision-making, which for an NFL team is not good. But for for an offensive fantasy football player is great. And if he's running out of the two wide receiver sets, all week one, then he's a guy I want to roster because he plays in the NFC East, which means he gets the Cowboys twice, which means he gets the Giants twice. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are some really fun games that they're probably going to have a lot of points scored and a lot of poor defense played. Yeah, I, I like it. And it's very similar to my next guy in that if he doesn't do anything in the week one, if he is just hardly on the field or on the field a lot less than you hoped, you can cut him. You don't have to worry about holding him for four weeks like you would a rookie and seeing if it works out. My second guy, Brian Edwards uh, from, from the Raiders. He is 16% owned uh, on CBS right now. He was a guy that everybody was excited about last year, probably more as a football player than a fancy football player. Uh, but but still, people were, were very excited about him, and it was frankly just kind of disappointing Um what his role was less than 200 yards receiving. He had, I think 11 receptions was really a complete non-factor. So this is a guy just like, just like Watkins where you could pick him up. If he is not on the field as much as you hoped, which he should be, he is their number two receiver on their depth chart. He should be out there, but if it just doesn't seem like a fruitful situation, you can let him go pretty easily and not lose sleep over it and probably pick it back up again in, in three weeks when he proves himself worthy. But He's got the depth chart working at his advantage. He's got Henry Ruggs in front of him, but you've got John Brown asked for his release because he wasn't happy with his roster standing on the team. He's gone. Nelson Aguilar is gone. Obviously, Darren Waller is the, the number one receiver. Ruggs, probably number two, but not impossible that Edwards could have more, more targets, more receptions, and just not as productive as a year, obviously, as, as Henry Ruggs. He's a big play guy. And Edwards is a good compliment, I think, to that type of guy. He's a, a bigger guy, not really a take-the-top-off kind of guy, uh, more of a possession-y type of receiver. And he's free. He's a guy you can cut bait with early. A lot like Watkins, a guy that I think does have some opportunity to, to get on the field. Yeah, and I think I talked about this way last year as a deep, deep sleeper that mm-hmm. I really liked, Brad Edwards. Uh, other than Juju Smith-Schuster, Edwards is the youngest player in college football history to have a 1,000-yard season. He was incredibly productive at Vanderbilt in a very poorly run offense and was an absolute stud. I think Brian Edwards is turning 21 or 22 this year. He's still incredibly young for the NFL, and there's probably a bigger learning curve because he has less football under his grip. Uh, my only concern is that week one they play the Ravens, and that quarterback room is so incredibly like just tight-knit and well-coached that – he's not going to have a good week and you could probably get him cheap. Yeah. And what I would watch for a snap percentage, if they're running, you know, two wide receiver sets and he's out there for 80 to 90% of those, there's clear value there. Cause that Raiders defense is an absolute travesty and mm-hmm. they're going to be playing from behind, just like with the Eagles. So I like that a lot. Yeah. And 
Yeah, you're right. He's only 22. Actually, from from South Carolina, I'll give the give the Gamecocks that oh, shout out. Shout out South Carolina on on the pod. But yeah, I again, he's free. You can cut him easily if if you don't want to keep him. But also, if he doesn't have a good week one, like you said, it's not a great matchup for for Vegas in week one. So you could easily still hold him for another week or two if possible. But you don't feel obligated, Dalton. Who who is your third guy? So my third guy, we're going pretty deep on this one, but I think he's he's just consistently been a thorn in fantasy owner's sides, and part of being a thorn means there's some value to be had there. And it's Adam Humphreys, who now plays for the Washington football team, and he's at 1% rostered right now. So anybody who was on Twitter today saw the Curtis Samuel injury, and it just does not look good. I mean, Curtis Samuel's been nursing this groin injury since I think late June to early mm-hmm. July, He's been on the injury report, and then it looks like he re-aggravated it in practice when he was trending to play. And w- with these soft tissue injuries, we said it all offseason, they're very scary. Curtis Samuel just might not play for the first couple of weeks of the NFL. Uh, Deami Brown is obviously a huge benefactor here, but I think he's going to be getting a lot of the outside work. Yep. And Adam Humphreys in a PPR league is just going to be the safety net for Fitzpatrick. They have established rapport. And this team is probably going to be dinking and dunking a lot because they're not going to need big plays, which is going to to be of huge benefit to Humphreys. He's not going to have those 20, 30 point weeks, but he's going to have a really safe floor early on. If Curtis Samuel isn't there challenging for for that slot work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the same line with this, I think Yami Brown's another guy you'd be watching for because Curtis Samuel is in line to take some of that work away too. But this really opens up that receiving room behind Terry McLaurin. And I mean, all preseason, there were reports about Humphreys and Fitz connecting a lot. So I think it's worth watching this week to see if that connection is there. Yeah. I think this pickup is more of a, you're not, you're not picking up a guy and starting in week one, almost in any situation, but also he's not like a super high upside pickup. I don't think, I think this is a, I've been dealing with some injuries. I'm not starting this guy this week. But I want to pick him up and just kind of wait and see. And maybe I can start him week two, week three, if he puts a game or two together. That, that's kind of what what I see this one as. Yeah, this guy turns into your safety net when bye weeks start coming around. And you need a player who you can look at and say, I need eight points to keep the lineup startable. He's mm-hmm. not somebody who's going to take the top off and win your games. So I'm going with the exact opposite t- kind of guy uh, as my last year. I'm going with Kenneth Gamewell. Uh, from the Eagles. He's at 37% rostered on CBS. So the anti-Miles Sanders noise this year has been almost as loud or maybe as loud as the pro-Miles Sanders hype was a year ago. It's pretty crazy how far we've come in the other direction from just one year ago with with Sanders. The practice reports, all bad. I don't think you can find anybody who is you know in the know with the Eagles as far as beat reporters or just people who project this sort of thing who think that Sanders is going to be a workhorse guy, even be an 80, you know, a 70% guy. I think there is some concern with, with his workload and how much he's going to be given with the new coaches there and all of that. And Gamewell is a guy who you could probably wait on him because I don't think much is going to, I, I, I think Boston Scott is probably ahead of him on the depth chart right now. This is a guy who, you could kind of have on the radar. You could pick him up after this week if you wanted to. You could probably wait longer if you want to. But if you wait too long, he is eventually going to pop, I think, and get too expensive. So if you have the roster spot, if you're not if you're not hurting for contributors right now, you're looking for end-of-the-bench upside, I, I think this is your guy. I, I think this is your guy who you can get pretty cheap 
on waivers right now. We've talked about Gamewell a lot. He was the best pass catcher in the draft, something that Miles Sanders does not do very well. Um, how valuable that is with Jalen Hurts kind of remains to be seen, but I still think there is at least some some value that could be had there. And I mean, just these Memphis guys, like these Memphis guys are just studs every time they come into the league. So I don't know. I'm I'm in on taking a shot on Gainwell because I think I know what Boston Scott is, and I don't think he's something that I can ever consistently rely on as a fantasy option. I'm just taking the blind shot that maybe Gainwell turns into that at some point. Yeah, well, and I was a really we were both really big on Gainwell to start the year, mm-hmm. and I've talked about the the comps and Neem Hines. We've heard from Nick Sirianni. My concern is the guy just hasn't got any first team work at all, and they just completely refuse to do it. Even though the reports of Miles Sanders dropping balls all through camp were just rampant, mm-hmm. and I mean it's okay here and there, but I think every day it was Miles Sanders drop, Miles Sanders drop, and then wide receiver drop, Jalen Rager drop. I mean, I know Jalen Hurts isn't the most accurate quarterback, but someone has to catch the ball out of that backfield occasionally. And I like the idea of Gainwell because he's an explosive athlete and he looks like he probably has more upside than Miles Sanders has if he can edge himself out into a starting role in that offense, which with this coaching staff and the way this team's trending, there's a very good chance, you know, by week seven or eight, they just shut down a lot of their their guys that they're not going to keep around and start messing around with some other players. Mm-hmm. So Johnny, being somebody with two empty roster spots in our dynasty league, any of these six, I, I know most of them are actually already owned. Anybody who's not already owned, uh, pique your interest here. Uh, I would say I, I like Gainwell just of the the possibility of Sanders just not performing and Gainwell just getting a chance and just popping off. I, I feel like that would be a, a, a one of the best pickups out of the the three that you guys each mentioned. Well, um, guest of the show Eli Beery owns him, so you can hit him up for a trade. <laughs> oh, shocker! <laughs> <laughs> Eli has ARBs. Eli Eli does like to to hoard the running backs, as as everybody saw on our mock draft. Well, he didn't hoard them as much that show as he just took them all early and then waited for for three years to take his next one. All right, we've got star of the week. We've got set of the week. Dalton, the question is: Do you want to end the show on a positive note or a negative note? We'll, we'll see which order we want to go in here. I like my veggies before my dessert. Let's start with the negative. Some people are more excited about the negative than the positive, but <laughs> but all right, give me give me your sit of the week then. Uh, I kind of shadowed this with the game that I'm avoiding, but I'm sitting Marquez Callaway. Uh, this guy has moved all the way up to seventh round ADP on ESPN leagues, which is absurd. He's up there with Corey Davis, and I know Corey Davis isn't like a well-breaking talent, but Marquez Callaway is definitely not in the same realm as Corey Mm -hmm. Davis, in my opinion. This guy gets Jerry Alexander, who shut down some of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And more importantly, uh, I know that we all saw James Winston throw those passes to him where he caught touchdowns. They they, they, they were ill-advised passes that were (laughs) good plays by Callaway, but uh, it it was not exactly a sustainable type of thing. Thank you. That was Jameis Winston doing Jameis Winston things, but that was also double coverage. And there are quarterbacks who can get away with those throws and their their names start and end with Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. And if Jameis is making those throws all game, there's a non-zero chance that we see Taysom Hill a lot more than we want to. And suddenly Callaway gets tanked. I mean, Taysom Hill's not throwing it deep to him. So I am completely avoiding this guy. I think some people think he has flex appeal. This is somebody who... I think he should be on your bench today and for future games for reference. 
I just don't want any of the receivers in that room. I think I at least want to wait a week. And if this ends up being as tough a matchup as you think it will be, wait another week if possible on everybody in this offense, except for Kamara. You you have no choice and you shouldn't wait uh, on Kamara, obviously. But yeah, I I would not be too interested in starting starting Callaway. And it's funny, when you first said the name, I was like, okay, wow, Dalton, what, what a bold call. But yeah, he really has moved up in in the draft boards to where you may have drafted him to be your your flex or at least your first bench guy to where he's in that conversation for a week one start yeah which is absurd (laughs) we'll see it could if you pair him with michael thomas and you can kind of string together the wide receiver one for the whole season it could work out but it could also blow up in your face it's a very high variance uh play there if anybody can't tell already, I am betting the Saints under for the season. What, what, <laughs> what, what was the Saints line? Is it eight and a half? I think it's nine and a half. Nine and a half. Uh, but I'm taking the under on whatever Vegas sets it at. I, they're for, just for clarification, their first eight games are on the road, people. I, their, their first quote-unquote home game is in Florida this Sunday. Like They're just not in a good place right now. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I uh... – I don't think the Saints line is one. What I'm betting, I, I, I still, I still think my parlay at plus two fifty with Lions and Texans both under four and a half wins. I think that might be the play. You know what? Before we jump to your set of the week, I just want to ask you this because I heard it earlier today. We know that both those teams are really bad, but if the Lions played the Texans, and let's just give the Lions home field advantage for this fun thought exercise. How big of a handicap are you giving the Lions? Like they're plus, I think they're plus at least five in this game. Plus five at yeah. home against the Texans. Yeah. Well, how much better do you think the I'm Jaguars? Sorry, I'm sorry, the Lions are minus five. My apologies. Oh, I mm, maybe. I guess I don't know. So the Texans are are they two and a half, three point dogs uh, this weekend at home against the Jaguars? Yes, they'd probably be like right now. Johnny saying three, they'd probably be right now five, you know, four and a half, five and a half point dogs, I guess. Um, against the Texans, I yeah, I don't know. It's uh, yeah, that's so bad. And they just traded Roby Coleman to the Saints. I mean, that team or against the Lions, I should say. Yeah, that team is just an expansion quality team, and I hope that they just black them out on red zone. And they don't show any highlights from those games. I'm fine with it. Welcome. I. Uh... I would like to say during this podcast, I made a <laughs> hold on. I forgot how many numbers it was. It was a 16. How many or... numbers? Excuse me. How, how big of a bet is this? It was either, I bet every single game. Okay. So every that's, single that's, NFL that's 16, game. Right? So, so, six, so it's a 16 leg parlay. You did a 16 leg parlay. So you have to get everyone right to win. Correct. But once you hear the payout, I think you'll be more interested. <laughs> I don't think so. Because there's no shot you're getting. Johnny, Is I've there been no in, shot? I've been in pick and pulls with you, and I've seen you go above 500 <laughs> like twice. Hey, that was a bad year. But <laughs> this one, the payout is $156,051.80. How much are you betting? Five bucks. We can kiss that five bucks goodbye. <laughs> I can you? Mind. It's like a lottery ticket. For our listeners, can you do us a favor after this pod and tweet it out on the Half Point Per Podcast so we can keep up with your 
your your claim to fame Please. here and see how far it goes. I actually I actually do want to tweet out to see how far into the day you Me make too. it. I already know it's gonna blow up by like halftime of like the f- noon games or Thursday. I feel What's like the Thursday bet. Uh, Bucks minus eight and a half. You're you're gonna sweat it day one. Are they all straight up game lines or are they yeah, some sh- straight, straight up game lines? Straight up game lines like plus three, minus ones, and all that. Okay, the Washington game is basically a pick of them. Just out of curiosity, did you pick Washington or the Chargers? I picked the Chargers. So they are plus one and a half, aren't they? Uh, it, they were minus one, so just I pick them. So right. that, that that I mean that leads straight into my sit of the week here. Actually, uh, Justin <laughs> Herbert, I, I am sitting. <laughs> I, I, I am sitting Justin <laughs> Herbert this week. I do not expect. Uh, a ton of points in this game. I know we talked about how it's really hard to to predict situation year over year, but I still think this Washington defense is going to be really good. Uh, Chase Young still still a thing, still a very big human. Montez Sweat. I mean, that front seven is is just legit. They're they're awesome, and the secondary is at least okay to pretty good with Kendall Fuller, Landon Collins. They they signed William Jackson at, at cornerback, so. They, they've just got some guys on defense. I know the Chargers made some moves on the offensive line, but you have a rookie at one tackle. You have Brian Bulaga, who hasn't been good for multiple years, at the other tackle trying to block um, for Herbert on the edges. I I just think he's going to be under fire all day. He's not a guy I'm benching like at all costs, but I'd rank him more in the 12 to 15 range rather than 7 to 8 to 9 where he was drafted in just about every draft, maybe a little higher. Like, I'd rank Jalen Hurts ahead of him. I'd rank Matt Ryan ahead of him. I think I'd probably start Trevor Lawrence against the aforementioned Texans ahead of him this week. So not a bench at all costs, but definitely not a guy I'm looking at in DraftKings. And if you drafted a second quarterback with, with Herbert, which he took, he took him late enough, it, it's possible you have a second guy. I would consider the second guy over Herbert this week. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is a good streamable option too, and I entirely agree with you. Um this is another matchup I'm avoiding because of the way it works out. One thing that I don't think is getting reported enough is Ron Rivera coached against the exact offense that Joe Lombardi's running out there in the NFC South of the Panthers against the Saints for a long time. And Ron Rivera is a very defensive-minded coach and probably has the best defense he's had since the Panthers with Luke Keekley. And he's going to be playing this game really tight. And Justin Herbert is a guy who's probably due for some negative regression in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. He was one of the best passers under pressure. That's not a year-to-year thing you continue unless you're Patrick Mahomes. And so I do really expect to see this game to be a knockdown, dragout fight. It's a very, very good game between two potential playoff teams who are probably wild card berths mm-hmm. or win their division if you're the football team because yeah. that division is horrible. Right. But it's going to be a fun game for real football and a bad game for fantasy purposes. Yeah, and then – Obviously, it's only Wednesday, so there's a reason why we're not talking any any injuries or really news or notes yet because a lot can change and a lot always does change between now and even like Friday when, when we see the last day of practice reports. But just you, you don't love Eckler popping up with a hamstring on, on the injury report. As, you know, for, for Herbert, I mean, you would think theoretically this could be a safety valve dump-off kind of game to Eckler if he gets under pressure and, and if – by some chance, Eckler isn't out there or is even hampered by whatever he's dealing with. That could be a problem. And it's, I was completely dismissive of Eckler missing practice and 
am still fairly dismissive of it, but just the fact that it's the hamstring again, at least gives me a little more pause. So just not, not the deciding factor here by any means, but just uh, another risk factor to, to add on top here, I think. And one name to watch in that game who will be my Logan Thomas this year. It's I'm Josh talking- Palmer. Uh, no, it is <laughs> Donald Parham, former XFL standout tight end for the Chargers. I said um, no Allie Cox was the biggest tight end in the NFL. I think actually this guy might be like an inch taller. And in the preseason, they moved him around to the slot and all kinds of stuff. If he is getting reps over Jared Cook, I am. he's going in the waivers column immediately. <laughs> and he is getting picked up as, on as many teams as I can. So watch Donald Parham. I love the guy. He was a baller at the XFL. So just watching the game should be fun to watch. All right, Dalton, who, who's your star of the week? And, and on a happy note here. All right, I have some questions for you. If Seems this like guy, you the one providing me the answers here, but go ahead. If this player sat out the entire preseason because the team won to rest him, if this player was named a team captain, and if this player plays against the 30th ranked run defense last year, is it not the easiest start of the, your career? <laughs> I hope we don't have the same guy. Who's <laughs> your guy? <laughs> <laughs> My guy is Raheem Mustard. Most yeah. <laughs> we do have the same guy. We have the same guy. Of course we do. Oh my god! This one. Okay, so first of all, he's like fifty-eight hundred on DraftKings, which is really cheap. Um, all things considered, and Trey Sermon is forty-five hundred, and Jamichael Hasty is four thousand. Mm-hmm. And in a game where the 49ers are favored by seven and a half, I think Kyle Shanahan just runs it down the throat of the Lions. I've, I mean, we've talked about on this podcast, Lions aren't a good football team for all encompass purposes. And Raheem Mostert is as full healthy as he's going to get and needs 12 touches to go off like 150 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's easily within his outcomes because of he was the fastest player by NFL tracks last year when he ran the ball down the field. The guy gets passing situations in this offense, which are rare and few between if your name's not Kyle Juszczyk. But I love his opportunity here. This is a clear smash spot for any 49ers running back. And it really sucks that we do this every week in the NFL where you and me have the same start of the week and we need to sit down and show each other our starts before we do this. So we have some disagreement. You know, I thought I was safe picking Raheem Mostert just because I play against him. Yeah, you and I, you and I play this week. And so he's on my team. I was like, okay, even if he is like a fairly obvious guy going against the Lions here. I think Dalton will go a different direction just because it would pain him too much to talk about one of my players this glowingly like, like when we play. No, and as a side note, and I'm sure you know this, but trade Mostert after this week because, <laughs> oh, buddy, is he going to look like a full-on RB1 and he's going to break down at some point in this week? Probably so. I'm looking, Johnny, at your screenshots that you sent. I can already tell you, even if you make it a handful of games in, the Atlanta Falcons, just the fact that they have to be on your card, they're going to screw you. You you bet on them. If you bet against them, it would go the other way, too. I'm just letting you know right now. It's a new regime in Atlanta. I'm ready to be hurt, but if if that's how I go down, I'm going down swinging for (laughs) $156,000. Fair enough. So Johnny took the Niners at minus seven and a half. I think we would all take them at minus seven and a half based on Johnny's bet. Both of our star of the weeks here. You said it pretty well, Dalton, but I think if you draft your Raheem Mostert, you may have got him in a spot where he's like your first bench player, where he's not even a guy that you would have to start in week one. But I think this is the week to fire him up. It You, you just... You almost have no choice. And I'm, like, unless you just have a loaded team and like an eight or 10 man league, 
any 12-man league, he he has to be a play this week, I think. Sermon may very well win the job at some point this season. I think I would be surprised if he didn't at least get a 50-50 split at some point. But we saw in their last preseason game, Sermon zero snaps with the starters in those first 10 snaps. Mostert got every snap. I think he's clearly right now the guy in that backfield. And that, again, can obviously change as we go on here. But when Mostert has received volume, he's been a must-start running back. Raheem, must-start, as you as you said a minute ago. Since the start of 2019, he's received more than 10 carries 13 times so in 13 games he scored in double digits in nine of those games and he's even had some games where he's had like like he had a game against the Jets last year where it was like eight for 91 and two touchdowns so he had some others that were pretty good but just not high enough volume where to where it was in this arbitrary list that I did but in those 13 games he was 14.7 points per game and he even had let's see one two three four games over 20 points I think you could very easily see this be one of those over 20 point type of games and then it's just he's playing against the lions and you said it i think they're gonna be bad i'm pretty in on the lions and texans under four and a half parlay it's very likely that their second worst fantasy defense against the run last year isn't better or much better this year i just think this is the ideal situation if you've got most you're playing them yeah and because we both spoke glowingly of Mostert, even a little bit of Michael Hasty and Trey Sermon, Elijah Mitchell is clearly the guy that's <laughs> going to go off this week because that's how the 49ers run game works. Or Mostert will get hurt like on the third snap of the game, which is also how the Niners running game seems to work. And Kyle Juszczyk will vulture two touchdowns at the 10-yard line. That's <laughs> uh, the Niners. I wish I could love you, but you make it, you make it so hard, Kyle Shanahan. I am excited. Did you see today he said – I don't understand why everybody's questioning the QB competition. When a month ago, Kyle Shanahan comes out and says, you could be dead tomorrow when asked <laughs> about the Like, it's your fault we're questioning it. Like, you don't act like you have no part in this. Yeah, well, and just when you when you trade up, even if he said nothing, but Jimmy G is starter, no question about it, week one. When you trade up for a guy, and especially when you trade up for a guy in the top three, when they trade up to third to take him, second, wherever it was, you yeah. trade up that, I guess it was third because Zach Wilson went too. You trade up that high, you give up that much uh, to get a guy, you're going to at least be be asked the question, are, are you starting this guy or not? But yeah, I regardless of which quarterback, regardless of anything, I'm I'm very good on Mostert this week. I, I, I knew as soon as you went on that, <laughs> on that rant, though, it was going to be the same guy. It was like a uh, lord. That's unfortunate, but maybe next week we'll figure this out and not have the same guy. Uh, okay, Don, anything else that we should touch on before we get out of here tonight? Uh, my game's target. It's probably going to be out tomorrow, and then th- it's going to be a really long piece. I put a lot of work into it, probably the longest written piece I've done for this, and then games to avoid will probably come out on Friday. So if you're looking to bet significant money on DFS like I am, I think there's a clear edge this week because guys like James Robinson are just underpriced because DraftKings came out with these prices a month ago. So Gus Edwards, James Robinson are significantly underpriced. So now's your time to make a lot of money quickly. Yep, for sure. And on that note, that is going to do it for episode 45 of the Half Point Per Podcast. Give us a follow 
Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at Half Point Per Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel to watch us live every week. Just search Half Point Per Podcast on there. Uh, on some of the social media, we'll be more active during the season here. Just some highlights. We'll probably do some waiver wire stuff on there in addition to on the newsletter every week, which is halfpointperpod.substack.com. So follow us all of those places. The show is available, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere else you listen. And we'll be back next week with, I guess we'll probably do Stock Report again after after week one. And as for a live stream on Sunday, that's TBD for this weekend. But I think that will be back as a mainstay for other weekends this season. We'll, we'll let you guys know, obviously, on, on the Twitter account. But we will talk to you guys after, hopefully, a great week one. 